This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. WJIM Lansing and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ East Lansing Town Square Media Stations This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC Shaheen Chevrolet Price Wright Auto and RV Blue Moon Belgian White Now, now let's talk to the Dean of Sports Tim Stafford and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome in. It's the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. Live from those Price Right RV Studios on 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine. <clears throat> Speaking of, pardon my pardon my voice. Doubting Industries. Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services. Gravity Smokehouse and MSU Federal Credit Union. I'm Beanie. You can hear me weekdays on the game, 7.30 a.m., 3 to 6 p.m. My show is called Offensive Minded. Joined, of course, by the Dean of Sports himself, Tim Stout. Heard weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. And also sports director for WILX News 10 in Lansing. Of course, you all knew that. And Brock Palmbush also heard weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Stout on Sports on the game, 7.30 a.m. We want to remind you. But this tailgate show is interactive. You are more than welcome to join the discourse. Here's how you can do that. The phone number is 517-300-4263. And each of our two stations here have a free app. You can get wherever you download your apps. And you can use that to listen live, take it wherever you want, and call in through the main menu. And actually, you can even send in like free text message messages to both stations by clicking chat in the main menu of those apps. Again, that's just searching for the 94.9 WMMQ and or 1240 WJIM app, free and available wherever you get your apps. All right, boys. Well, we've got something to actually chew on today after what happened to Michigan State last week in Seattle. Obviously, uh, uh, an embarrassing and very upsetting loss for the fan base, 39 to 28. If only someone on this tailgate show had warned us that Michigan State historically was so poor on the West and that the Big Ten in general just doesn't play well out there in the regular season. But uh, I digress. I just wanted to get my my shots in early because I was the only guy that picked Washington last week. So with that in mind, what went down there, how bad the pass defense looked again, is it a must-win today, Tim, against Minnesota? I think it's a bigger game for Minnesota. Uh, this is the sixth year for P.J. Fleck as the Minnesota head coach. It's the third year. For Mel Tucker, I think if Fleck is going to show that he actually has changed Minnesota, a school that has never been in the Big Ten West Divisional title to get to the championship game, uh, you know, in a division that's considered widely as the weaker of the two, he's not. He, nobody's asking him today to beat Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan. They're asking him to beat last year's third-place Big Ten East team, Michigan State, who's coming in with a 2-1 record and is unranked. 
So to me, if Minnesota, who's 3-0, and has had three lopsided wins at home, uh, is going to make a statement that, you know what, this is not just another Minnesota team that's going to go 7-5 and and go play in the Fleabag Bowl against somebody and maybe win it and finish 8-5 and or 7-6 and and call that a great year, then a game like today, to me, has got to be a statement game for Minnesota. In Michigan State's case, I think the whole I would pick Minnesota to win if it was in Minneapolis. They play better there. The fear I have for Michigan State today is Minnesota has a has a, a veteran team. They're older players. They've been around. I think they're well aware of what I just said that they've got from their own people. I think they've heard that they haven't played anybody. They've only played at home. They have not played in East Lansing since 2013, so that doesn't involve any of these people. Fleck was here when he was 32 years old as a coach at Western Michigan. Uh, Minnesota hasn't won here since 2006, but of course they haven't played here very often. So, you know, that said, uh, the, the the logic is going to be, well, you know, State's playing at home, and they've heard all week what a horrible loss it was at Washington. So, you know, they're all going to, you know, the week was where we're going to get everything fixed, blah, blah, blah. And I guess we'll find out whether they did or what you saw last Saturday exposed a team that struggled in those areas a year ago. But despite those struggles, camouflaged the problems by finishing 11-2. Is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. Um, it is remarkable that they what they did last year with the affectionately uh, branded pass defense by Mel Tucker dead ass last finishing last in the country and still won 11 games. That is remarkable. I don't, I still don't know how they did that. I don't either because a number of those games, if you go back and review them, including Michigan, you know, absolutely went right to the wire. And to Mark D'Antonio's point, game of inches could have gone either way, win or lose, but they weren't going to win the Purdue and Ohio State game. So those two losses were pretty well in, you know, pretty well in stone. So, you know, the 11 and 2 I mean, if you're a fan, it's fantastic, and you're ranked and all that. If you're you know, maybe uh, someone who doesn't have a rooting interest, you look at that and say, boy, they got a lot of football breaks along the way last year. I do think, though, that having three of their defensive starters out, I don't think they would have won the game with those guys there. It might have been closer. But in a team on a team that's kind of thin in depth in some areas, especially on defense, when they lose key players, they don't have a linebacker, they don't have a defensive back. Dar- yeah, Darius Snow, Jacob Slade, and Xavier Henderson. Yeah, when you don't have, that's 3 out of 11. That's 27%. My, my batting average stats are correct. It's 273, 3 for 11. You're good with percentages. So that's 27%. And, you know, the guys behind them, you know, and and like – you said, and rightly so last week, even though I poo-pooed that a little bit, I think, like you said, you used the stats to say when any of these Big Ten teams in Michigan State go three time zones to the West, statistically, in the recent history, it hasn't worked out well. I don't think anybody thought it was going to be 29-8 at the half and 36-14, to but that's right. what it was. And frankly, I think that score of 39-28 is misleading. If Washington hadn't shut it down yeah. and softened it up a little bit on defense at the end of the game, I think it could have been far worse than what it was. Yeah, and Michael, Pen- and Michael Penix Jr. got dinged up a little bit in the uh, second half, and he, couldn't, uh, he wasn't at 100%, and they got very conservative 
Uh, well, he had 400 passing yards by the time the third quarter was yeah, over. So I could true. have had easily if they said, if, yeah. you know, if, if the game was on the line. I mean, could he have had 500, 550? I mean, where would it have ended? Because, I mean, there were a couple of their calls, even when they're trying to take the air out of it on the fourth down, you have a quarterback sneak. And, and, I mean, there were twice. And then he overthrew a kid wide open in the second yes. half that was walking into the end zone. So, you know, I mean, there you look at it. And I'm not completely sure the part of Michigan State's comeback again was because, you know, don't anybody get behind. You put the receiver in front of you. You know, don't get called for defensive holding. All that to keep the clock running. And state had a little more offensive success. So, well, let's let's talk about that a little bit more though about the the pass defense and uh, because things that happened in that game. As I was watching it live, I thought, "Holy bleep! This looks worse than it did last year." Because it wasn't just guys getting beat; it was guys running clean, uncovered through the secondary and behind it, which. That I guess that happened sometimes last year, but usually it was guys getting beat on soft, like off the ball zone coverage. This whole bend but don't break thing. But now they're going to get a completely different dynamic of a challenge, in my opinion, defensively today. Definitely. Because as as well as Washington has been known to throw it, Minnesota lives by running it. That doesn't mean they won't throw. Doesn't mean they can't throw. They have a veteran quarterback. Um, I, I think, you know, George Perlis used to say you got to have experience, and he always said experience is expensive. Remember that, Brock? He said that all the time. It's expensive. You need experience, but it's expensive. He said that all the time. And then, it, you know, the year since then, now I kind of come to realize he's exactly right. And Minnesota's not bringing a young team in. This is a team that has been together for some time. Yeah. So if I'm at Minnesota, okay, guys, I know you can beat Colorado, I you know I mean I know you can beat some of these other flyweights that have been here. What what do you do when you go to Spartan Stadium? Yeah. Can you beat those guys? So and they're unranked too. Right, and we'll get to that. We'll we'll go over their resume so far. I've got some thoughts on that. I'm sure you two do as well. But I wanted to to stay with the pass defense a little bit more because obviously that is the topic de whatever is French for the last year because that's been the most glaring issue and then it was on full display last week so it's one of those it's uh I don't mean this as a put down it's a low-hanging fruit like sports talk radio uh topic because it's very identifiable everyone can see it and it it shows up in the stats and the you don't box have to score. be a football expert to know it. Yes. everybody you watch a TV. Oh yeah, so they can't cover that guy. With, with that in mind, obviously, anytime Michigan State has any kind of issue there, it's going to be pronounced in the fan base. It's going to be uh, globbed onto. But I saw differences in that pass defense last week. Again, that's not what we saw last year. We saw guys getting beaten coverage last week. There was no coverage to be spoken of. It was clear to me watching the game that assignments were being blown regularly because guys, again, were running scot-free wide open. Why does that happen? Well, I wonder what Michigan State's coaching staff, when they got back home and they all went and looked at the tape, as they say, you know, they look conservative on defense. They don't blitz anybody. That's another they're, thing. They, they put no pressure on the guy. Now, I get that Penix is very, he's very mobile. He makes plays with his feet. He gets outside the contain. He can throw accurately on the run. I don't think that's necessarily Tanner Morgan. But but on the other hand, are you, I mean, how long are these guys supposed to be in coverage before you make the quarterback uncomfortable? And I right. never saw Penix very uncomfortable. And I saw that the same thing last year when Ohio State mm-hmm. went up and down a field. Field on them when Purdue went Michigan. up and down a field. Michigan went up and down a field on them to some degree. Nebraska, 
Mm-hmm. Now, is that because the players aren't good enough or because the coaches are very good? I think the blitz is the most underrated part, especially in college football. I think these quarterbacks, when you pressure these guys and force them to throw before they want to throw, I mean, Penix, he took all that time, then he ran out, and they took a little more time, then he ran a little bit back. Well, by that time, the guy, there's no defense back even to the picture. Yeah. And they're all looking at each other and pointing here and pointing there. Is that talent or is that coaching or is that a combination you know what? of that's, both? That's the question I asked Jim Comperoni, of course, of Spartan Mag dot com last year when we were going when we were seeing all the defensive back problems i said i asked him what is it is it talent or is it scheme and he said literally and this this isn't a cop-out answer although it sounds like it a combination of both i think that's probably right uh the scheme is clearly as tim pointed out conservative the idea is to keep everything in front of you make teams uh it's it's supposed to increase the amount of plays uh offensive uh you know, side needs to go down the field because the idea is the more plays a college quarterback throws it, the greater the odds are he's going to throw it to you because right. they're just not as accurate as a pro quarterback. The problem is you got to have some kind of pass rush to generate those inaccurate throws. Yeah. And Michigan State, I know last year State finished top 10 in sacks, something like 48, and they were right up there with the likes of Pitt, who had you know the top pass rush all year. The problem was if you go and look at those games, and I've, I've looked it up, the amount of sacks that they actually got in the big-time games against – the teams with a ton of NFL talent across the offensive line. Those are games that they lost, right? I'm talking Ohio State specifically. But um, the Michigan game, they won. But look, Cade McNamara threw for 400-some yards in that game. He was he was never uncomfortable on a regular basis. Well, and what if he would have kept throwing? What if he would have kept throwing? They stopped throwing in the fourth quarter. And then he got dinged up and went out, and they turned it over. Yeah. And then he got dinged up again, they turned it over. Uh, and he I- ended the game with a turnover, right? Yeah. And furthermore, I think that to be, in my opinion, if I never thought Kenneth Walker was ever, ever, ever going to win the Heisman Trophy, but I thought he at least had one tremendous Heisman Trophy performance, and that was Michigan, because he scored five touchdowns, and if he doesn't play in that game, State gets blown out, because he made, in my opinion, a lot of those runs on his own, and uh, and Michigan did not tackle him very well. And I think Michigan thought they had the game in the bag when it was 30-14, to 14, took their foot off the gas, when, like you say, McNamara's going up and down the field and up and down the field on them. Now, if I was Minnesota today, though, I wouldn't just try to jam the ball. I think you got to look at where State's vulnerable and try and go after that. I mean, you know, to me, you got to be a little bit of a river, but you got to, you know, what is it, uh, risk-reward. I think you got to risk a little something. I think you got to try to throw on these guys a bit. Because I think if they just try to run this Ibrahim over and over and over, and he's very very good. He's an NFL caliber prospect. If he stays healthy, I think they need to do more than that. Because I'm trying to figure out how many points does Minnesota need today to win. Now, I haven't figured it out. Yeah. I don't know, but to your point on on the running attack, so uh, Michigan State has been adequate at stopping the run s- since last year, and in fact, some games they've absolutely shut it down. Michigan could not run the ball on Michigan State, and that's their M.O. That's why Cade McNamara was throwing all over wherever he wanted, because State sold out to stop the run, and they took it away. Those guys, those two backs combined for something like 98 yards last year against them. Um, They did it to Pitt. You know, Pitt had a really good running game all year, and State shut that down. So I I think they have the horses, and the scheme is capable of shutting down the run because we've seen it before. The issue, though, I wonder about today is will Jacob Slade play? 
And he's probably, if not number one, their number two defensive tackle. I guess it d- depends on your preference there. But can we agree he's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the Big Ten? And when you're going up a rushing attack with this Ibrahim uh, and the way they like to run hard between the tackles, this is a day where you really need him. But guys with a senior quarterback, if State you know bunches up, tries to put eight men in the box to try to stop the uh, running attack, is that when you go a play-action pass with a senior quarterback with Tanner Morgan? Yes, but that's what State... I'm guessing that's the game plan. Make him beat you. Don't let... Him meaning Tanner Morgan, yes. the senior QB. Do not let the running game blow the top off of the defense. If if we're going to lose this game on defense, it's going to be because the quarterback, without his best receiver, who's now out for the season, is going to beat us over the top. Um, and I just wanted to hammer this last point home and pick your brain on that. With what we saw in the past defense all last year and then last week, again, though, looked different last week because guys weren't even covered. <laughs> and to Tim's point, it's impossible for the everyone talks about the no-fly zone from a decade ago. Guys, part of what made the no-fly zone great was they only had to cover for two and right. a half seconds. Right. Yeah. But the guys now have to cover for six seconds sometimes, Tim, and wh- that's not tenable. Tim, what do you call it now? Not the no-fly zone? Uh, fly the friendly skies. Yeah. <laughs> it was stolen by United Airlines. That <laughs> It was stolen by United, but I say not now, quite, today but... it's fly the friendly skies. If you're the other team, fly the friendly skies. You might have to call White Law PLLC about that. Oh, copyright. Infringement on yeah. intellectual property. But, you know, this, Minnesota, this, Minnesota, he's been in big game. I mean, what is he, Brock, a sixth-year senior, this Tanner Morgan? I think he's, he's yeah. at least a fifth-year. He's going to yeah. get a pension up there if he, you know, the way he's been there forever. But, but by well, the anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say with the pass defense, again, if you listen to the coaches, like what did they think went wrong? Tucker said right after the game, uh, he said, we're going to be sick to our stomach when we look at the tape because it's going to be death by inches. That's what he said. When when we got to talk to him again on Monday after he had had the weekend of or, or I guess the day to watch the film and all that, he stuck by he stood by that and he said they asked point blank some smart intrepid reporter maybe it was one of yours Tim's uh, asked was this a player issue like a personnel issue was it a scheme issue and he said this was a personnel issue we had guys not communicating and missing assignments and there will be personnel changes. Okay, that means we're going to see some different players playing more in the secondary. But the fact that he's saying it was missed assignments and not the scheme, is it possible then that everything we talked about all last week in, in the media, and I'm not just saying this to pat myself on the back, but the traveling West and doing it the day before the game, that had to have some impact. Oh, yeah, they left Friday, didn't they? Yes, they got there the day before the game. So, hey, that's questionable now, right? But the fact that they did that and the history shows that not just Michigan State, but the Big Ten in general just does not play well going out there, especially on in the regular season. Can't that accommodate for how poorly they not just played, but the bigger issue in the secondary is always the communication pre-snap, which clearly was broken last week. That had to be part of it. Well, I mean, Comp said this way. He called Penix the best quarterback in the country. I think it's a little early yeah. to get to that. I, I, I mean... And they were three and nine last year. Look, I get that this game was completely stacked for the home team, and I thought if Michigan State doesn't come out hot, and they didn't come out hot, uh, I thought. But I thought they were still in the game till the last series when Washington scored with four seconds to go in the half. Because twenty-two to eight, and getting the ball in the third quarter to me to get you know to start the second half. 
I thought that, you know, there's a thought process in there. This is not over. The announcers made a big deal. And then he hits one with four seconds to go on a half. Now it's 29-8. And the place is going nuts. And everybody's jumping up and down, running off at halftime. State's got their dauber down. Yeah. Even though they came back with a good drive to start the second half, Washington went right down, back down the field. Yeah, like I say, exactly. when they figured they had to score, they scored. Yeah. It's when they didn't think they have to score. Well, let's see now. Can we work on the clock a little bit? And I think for any team, that's where it gets tenuous, except Maryland. Because Maryland just fumbled the opening kickoff eight seconds into the game. J.J. McCarthy to Schoonmaker 10 yards with 14.52 to go in the first quarter. Michigan 7, Maryland nothing. you got to give it to them. Every year they find new ways to completely pop the balloon as soon as conference play. Fumbled the opening kickoff, and J.J. hit it right away. Now, State goes to Maryland next week for a 3.30 game, so Maryland will go back home. Now, it's not over yet. There's 59 minutes and 52 seconds left to go in that game. Plenty of time for Michigan to cover. So there's plenty of time to Maryland turn it over again and let Michigan pour it on as a 17 and a half point favorite. I thought State was in trouble last week after uh, remember after uh, State stopped uh, Washington on the goal line and then yeah. Jalen Berger got caught in the end Broussard. zone. It was Broussard, I'm sorry. Yep. yep, it was Broussard. He got caught in the end zone, which they originally called not a safety, but replay reviewed well, it, and he was clearly in the end so, zone. So far, all the talk's been the problems on defense. Yeah. I don't think offense is ready to go into the Hall of Fame yet either. No, and that look, my thought all offseason was, and I feel validated by this because Xavier Henderson, the now injured you know, defensive captain, said this, we will go as far as our offensive line takes us this season. And Michigan State's offensive line, not good. Against a finesse Pac-12 team, the strength of MSU's offensive line is supposed to be its interior three guys. On that safety, those interior three guys wound up a yard or two backward, and that's why Broussard is on his belly in the end zone given two points to Washington. So you're right. That's something I've been complaining about uh, all week, all offseason, is the offensive line. The fan base is fixated on the pass defense. And you know why? Because there are stats on that. You can see that in a box score. You don't see it on the offensive line. Uh, It's harder to quantify. But I'm telling you, you saw it last week. That's got to change. They're going to face better defensive lineman today and i'm not saying minnesota's oh yeah they like, are i'm not gonna i'm not trying to hype up minnesota that's not the point they just have a better talent profile than washington does so we've got to find that out today too um look uh, i know we got to take a break but i got to get this out of both of you guys because it was the whole point of the segment look what happens today if they lose if michigan state doesn't win this game they're two and two they've got two losses before october Usually for most teams with these kinds of aspirations, that means season over, right, for the most part. But then when you consider possibly being 2-2 two and two going into October with what's coming up for them next week at Maryland, if Michigan State can't stop the pass against Washington and if Minnesota, God forbid, comes in here and throws the ball with a ton of success, what's Tua's little brother going to do with their Air Coriel reprise offense next week in Maryland? So keep that in mind. No lock then, win. No lock win. Right. And then there's this. October 8th, Ohio State comes to town. The week after that, Wisconsin, which is eh, obviously not going to throw the ball at. Then you get a bye week before you go to Michigan. My point here is if Michigan State doesn't take care of business today, you are distinctly looking right in the face of a potential 3-5 and five or worse 2-6 and six start to the season. So today's game could be the difference between achieving those goals of a New Year's Six bowl game again or we're talking about, will this team just make a bowl game? Yeah, but it's good for radio. 
Yeah, absolutely. This is a dream for us. But is it a must win? I'm going to get both you guys on the record. Is this a must win for Michigan State Well, if you thought you had dissonant followers after last week, to your point, if they lose before the home crowd today, I don't understand why Minnesota's favored in this game. I can't figure that out. Well, keep why, this, are, why is Minnesota favored? Sometimes, and this is, I, I get why most people don't if understand If they win this. by four points or more, then I understand why they're favored, because <laughs> that's exactly what they did. They but covered. remember, though, the, the line isn't necessarily indicative of what odds sharks think the final score will be. The, the line is set to balance the money. Right. On either side right. of we've, the wage. We've talked about this. Well, and because there was an ABC National Network in primetime last week showing Michigan State letting the other team Absolutely. just run up and down the field, the thought was, see, Minnesota's 3-0, and and State just got you know, hosed again and got crushed by a team that, you know, you know. So I guess uh, you know Minnesota is going to be a slight favorite in this game. Yeah, Although but, on your show yesterday, I heard the Minnesota beat writer who sounded reasonably credible and not a homer. He picks Minnesota to win twenty-seven twenty. He did. Mm, okay. uh, his name's Randy Johnson. He was not an All-Star Hall of Fame worthy left-handed starting pitcher. Randy Johnson. Nor did he play quarterback for the Denver Broncos back in the 70s. But I thought listening to him, he thinks this Minnesota team is not the typical run-of-the-mill average Big Ten West Minnesota team. Uh, Listening to him. I got the vibe that he thinks they are what they've been, but the West is down, and it's their chance. Um, it is. Last last thing before, and I will promise I'll, I'll get out after this. Brock is uh, going to be very upset at me for this, for dragging this out. But Tim's talking about the line, right? So it opened at uh, Minnesota minus three. That's that's uh, or sorry, it opened at Michigan State minus one and a half. It's up to Minnesota minus three, laying three on the road. Sometimes a better indicator of what might happen, though, is looking at what percentage of the bets and what percent of the money is on either team. And if we look at that right now, fifty-eight percent of the total tickets on this game are on Michigan State, and fifty-six percent of the money on all those bets are on Michigan State. So that tells me the serious gamblers or professionals are putting that money on State, loving the plus three, and I could get why you would like that as a better Michigan State getting three points at home. We've got a ton more to get to today. We'll talk more lines later on. Uh, Speaking of lines, the phone line is open for you to join us, 517-300-4263. Back in a few minutes here, continue breaking this game down, talking more college football with you. This is the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. So 1240 WJIM Traffic Center, driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Taking a look at your traffic, uh, not too bad right now. A little bit slower than normal coming in from the uh, northeast between uh, I-69 going westbound between M-52 and Woodbury Road. There is a single lane closure uh, causing that a bit of a slowdown there. Also, if you're coming in from the east on Grand River, uh, there is a single lane closure between Mohawk Road and Cornell Road. Uh, that'll be for another week or so. Take the post a detour and find an alternate route if you possibly can. Taking a look at your weather, it's 55 degrees and overcast, 30% chance of showers throughout the game. Whether that affects the contest uh, between Michigan State and Minnesota, just uh, wait and see. The high temperature today will be 64. It'll get down into the 50s later on. That's your game day travel uh, update, and it's brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference.
This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, now let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back to the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show here on 1240 WJIM and 94.9 Classic Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Live from the Price Right RV Studios, I've got a programming note, and then we'll take a look at the scoreboard. But before that, I'm going to throw it to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, who had an interesting breaking news item just over the break as it pertains to Michigan State. Well, the word is is that Jaden Reed, who did not make the trip to Washington last week, Michigan State's you know, number one receiver, uh, he's going to try to make a go of it today. Now, you know, and this it's a little damp, it's a little cool. My read on that is, yeah, he'll show, you know how players are. If they dress and they warm up and there's a crowd, they want to play. There's adrenaline. So my guess on him is he's going to try to play, and he may tell him I can play. My guess is if Michigan State does not need him, they would prefer him to take another week to get ready. But if we need him, it would you know let's get him in there one way. But I didn't think that his absence was the difference in the game last week because I thought I think they've got other receivers that that are going to get better, uh, that catch the ball pretty well, that run routes pretty well. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, now look, Thorne and Reed are longtime acquaintances, longtime friends. They know each other well. Uh, how Minnesota, you know, adjust all this sort of thing. I'll be curious, uh, Beanie, to see whether or not Minnesota goes hard after Peyton Thorne. I thought he took some brutally tough hits. He's tough, there's sure no, did. but he's also lucky because a couple of those hits, I thought just inches different hitting the ground or something, contact, you know, the difference between just getting a tough hit and I get back up and breaking a collarbone, to me, is is narrow. And if they lose him, then we don't even need to do the tailgate, in my opinion. <laughs> we don't need to do the show the rest of the year. We can I don't just... know. Have you seen the backup has a really cool tattoo sleeve? Well, he's, he, may, uh, he may need it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he may need it one way or the other. I, 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 you know, it, it just looks to me like these teams think that we got to, we got to, I think they think one of the issues with Thorne is can we, like any quarterback, can we force him to throw before he wants to throw? You know, he wants to make a play. Well, to his credit, he had to throw very uncomfortable and he looked awesome. He was pretty damn good last week. Peyton Thorne finishes. In the second half. Especially, yeah. But his final line is 30 for 42. Yeah, but what were they? yards, three touchdowns, one When it was 29 to 8 and 36 to 14, was it? Plus the fact, I claim, I, I think as the season goes on, especially in the big games, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, anybody else you want to name, without Kenneth Walker there to help them so that yeah. other defenses have got to target the running back and not the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now, not that those other two guys that they run, but, you know, they're like everybody else. If you block for them, they got speed. If you don't block for them, they're going to get stopped at the line like they did so often against Washington. I was surprised Washington's defense was as good as it was for most of that game. Well, is that what it was, though? Or was it Michigan State's offensive well, line just did nothing against an opponent that they should have pushed around? Which is what you've talked about all season, Brad. Yeah, I just it's I think that's going to be everyone's fixated on the past defense and for good reason I understand but I, I really do think the bigger 
problem or issue for Michigan State is they haven't had an offensive line capable of imposing its will on an opposing front seven since the playoff year in 2015. They just haven't. So that's got to change. Speaking of changing, I need to get you this programming note for uh, regular regular 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker listeners, uh, as well as those of Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Regular Saturday programming will be available on each of these stations' respective apps and the various streaming services uh, throughout football coverage. So, um, And then afterwards, regular programming will be joined in progress on the linear ter- terrestrial stream. So for those of you who are big fans of uh, All Requests Saturday Night on Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, Wally Londo will start that promptly at 7 o'clock. But it will only be available on the various streams, like through our app and the website and your streaming devices. But it will be joined again in progress on the terrestrial signal as soon as network coverage of Michigan State hosting Minnesota concludes tonight. So there's that. And now let's take a look around the country. The top 25 scoreboard first, then we'll hop into some Big Ten scores. Number one, Georgia in the first quarter is leading Kent State 9-3. to Wow. Kent State has taken a beating, right? They they were an early victim of Washington. Now they're heading to the hedges. Michigan uh, got that early first touchdown thanks to Maryland screwing up the opening kickoff. We talked about that. Now uh, about halfway through the first quarter, Michigan leading 7-3. to three. Number 5, Clemson on the road. Number 21, Wake Forest. It's 14 to nothing in the first quarter, Clemson. Central Michigan collecting a paycheck today in... The mountains of Pennsylvania. It's fourteen to nothing, Penn State, <laughs> with four minutes to go in the first quarter. Number seventeen, Baylor, tied at seven in the first quarter against Iowa State. Number twenty-four, Pittsburgh, Pat Narduzzi hosting Rhode Island, fourteen to seven in the first quarter. Now let's take a look at your Big Ten scoreboard. I think I just covered all the games. I did. That's the only Big Ten games <laughs> going: Penn State and Michigan. You know, I got to give Maryland credit. They hung in there and they went down and moved against Michigan's defense and got something. They did. You know, when you give when you have a, a catastrophic start like That's that, true. can that just break you right then and there? You see, 100,000 people go, right. and I've watched the video of this, you know, all the Wolverines are jumping up and down and bebopping because they're up 7 to nothing. They got a free one. So now Maryland's got, this guy takes a field that he's, he's never had the least behind. The moment he takes the field, Tagovailoa gets him down the field, they get a field goal. Now, does that mean they're going to win? Not necessarily at all. But to me, you know, State's got to play these guys on a road next week. And that tells me he moved the ball in, in adverse because Michigan's all fired up because they got a great start and so on and so forth. I would have guessed if you were going to tell me a score, it would have been 10 to nothing or 14 to nothing instead of 7 to 3. Nope, they did respond. We'll give them credit. Or am I stretching this beyond what's reality? A little bit of a stretch. Well, I, a little bit. Where I, yeah, that's where I come from on it. Just because, again, like we talked about last week, I'm a big believer in what Nick Saban said about it's hard to get your team up for more than two games a year to get them to play to their full potential to be really up for a game. How does Jim Harbaugh like they've been through like the most embarrassing non-conference schedule I can think of. And I don't know how he got his team like excited to play those games. Obviously the quarterback was because he was trying to win a job, but now it's the fourth straight ho-hum blase boring opponent maybe you can trick them into this whole oh it's big 10 opener you gotta be excited for that boys but they've been ridiculed the entire season if i'm a michigan football player and i did go to the final four and i am the defending big 10 champion and all i have heard is ridicule about who we play now we're playing a big 10 team watch this 
That's they were going nuts after they got the early touchdown from McCarthy there on the first play. <laughs> and now Michigan's just hit a long field goal. Jake Moody, a fifty-two yard field goal. It's ten three Michigan oh, halfway through the first quarter. And then and then it's over. You know, there, there we go. We just know, popped the balloon. You know, the one thing that never comes up though, maybe Michigan's really good. Well, we, we don't know that for sure, though. I mean, they are ranked fourth, fair or unfair. I don't know why they are, but they are ranked <laughs> No, they fourth. shouldn't be fourth. They're not the fourth-best team in the country right now. They well, could be later I mean, on. Yeah, but, I mean, it is college football, so we talk about this stuff and try to decide things on paper because that's the history of college football. But I think for, you know, based on what we do know, we, we do know that this was a team that was very, very good a year ago. Now, a lot of the big pieces are gone. Obviously, you lose a pass rush duo like that. That fundamentally changes things. I think the game that's overlooked completely this year is going to be Penn State at Michigan before the Michigan State game on October 15th. I think that Penn State, you know, I heard all, you know, I think Central Michigan's going to hang in there. I think Central, you know, they're going to hang in there. They gave Oklahoma State a tough time, and Penn State has just gone right down the field twice on them. And I... I, I, I I, I wouldn't want to play them. And I know I don't want to play them in Happy Valley. Well, we need to talk about them because Penn State has a reputation, at least in Big Ten country, they outside do. of Pennsylvania for they, losing big games. They do. Because under James Franklin, they tend to wilt they in high-pressure situations. But but he, but, but, you, but, I, but he can't play either. But you know, but I, I'm just saying, of all these teams, man, I, I, these guys look to me like they're going to be tough to well, play. Well, I was actually on your – I know you, you – I don't know if this is characterizing it right, but I think Brock would say that you love James Franklin. Well, only because he hates him. <laughs> Got it. Well, just because it gets a rise out of yeah, him. Yeah, seventy-five. You're paying a guy seventy-five million dollars. He's seven me, and five. If you're, I mean, it's not an opinion to factually take a look at what their record has been. They were seven and five a year ago, right? Yeah. And they lost some very good. They always, when they lose to state, I always say, my God, I can't believe some of the things Penn State does to lose some of these games. I mean, that's factual. That was a snowstorm last but year. But that wasn't was it? then, and this is yes. now. And I'm just saying, when I I don't know how good Auburn is, but going down there and playing them in the SEC country with that crowd and going nuts, and they just dominated the now game. That was impressive. It was, and that's why we need. That's why I brought them up. Like what, from what Tim was saying. No, if they give they, a game, what, now look, last year they played nine overtimes at home against that brutal Illinois team and couldn't win the game. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So it's things like that that really color the reputation about Penn State, particularly in Big Ten country. But listen. I know it's college football's kind of habit to uh, base current opinions and current evaluations on historical evidence. But let's look at just this season. How many other teams do you know at this point who have two legitimate, legitimate road wins at Power 5 competition? Oh, nobody. And when's the last Big Ten team that went on the road and won in the SEC in the non-conference? I, I can't remember that happening. Well... I'd like to find a Power Five team that started out three and zero with three non-conference wins against teams know, with a pulse schools that are bigger than Sexton High School. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Uh, but look uh, what Penn State. And now the the Purdue game isn't really to their credit. That was a, just a quirky. The Big Ten schedules one or two like that every year. I mean, remember State's Rose Bowl year? The non-conference menu was Southern Cal, Florida State, Notre Dame. I told Perlis, and they went to the Rose Bowl, even though they went one and two. But the, but I said to Perlis, I said, see if we see a non-conference schedule anywhere in the world like that again. Well, that's one benefit of what's happening, the changing landscape. Uh, of I certainly sports. hope so. That could be, right? Um, television networks want good games, good non-conference games. So this is, this is excellent, because Tim didn't even know I was going to go in this direction, and you just set it up perfectly for this. So we're, I'm, I, just, I did want to give Penn State credit. 
winning at Purdue to start the season, clobbering Ohio at home, and then going to Auburn and winning. So they they won both of those Auburn games in the home and home they did with them, which is impressive. How many again? How many Big Ten teams have come out of a home and home with any SEC opponent above five hundred, let alone two and zero? I'm not saying they're going to win at Michigan, but this McCarthy's going to. I mean, I'm t- I'm telling you, Penn State defense they won't go in. They're scared. They're, they, you got to deal with them. Now, if they give you the game and they make a dumb play or screw it up at the end, well, then you take the so, W and move on. With that, though, Tim, I'm not sure about that. And the reason is I can't – outside of the pandemic year, which I'm not going to count because that wouldn't suit the narrative I'm trying to craft right now. But in my lifetime – and again, I'm only 34 – I can't remember Penn State playing well in Ann Arbor. Brock, when was the They've last won time a few they times did? In well, their... no, Penn State was 0-5 and won in Ann Arbor in the COVID year. I'm not counting that. Yeah, well, you're not counting yeah, that. I, well, I, 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 I admit that that should be part of the calculus, but also it was a weird, funky year. Just If we take that out of the equation, which I know you can't, but let's just pretend we can. When was the last time, Brock, you tell me? Because you watched I know Michigan that, I, I know they won, I know a Penn State won the year they should have got a share of the national title well, in 94. With Kerry Collins and Kajana Carter. If that's the most recent time, then that's illustrating. Yeah, they've my won point. more recently if than Michigan, that. But. If Michigan finishes off today and is impressive at Iowa and then beats Penn State at home, my sense is they are going to be minimum two touchdown favorites, minimum to beat Michigan State two weeks after that because there's a bye week for both of them getting to October Yeah, that's 29th. weird. Michigan and Michigan State, a bye week the same week. We'll that's have weird. two weeks of hype. Yep. Two weeks of hype. I'm going to do some research here to see when the last time Penn State played well in Ann Arbor outside of the COVID year. But then one other thing before we get out, I wanted to pivot to this. Because, Tim, you're talking about how brutal the non-conference scheduling is. It's awful to watch. I think everyone agrees. And this is a topic we need to talk about about Michigan State. Did Michigan State do itself any favors by scheduling that Washington game? What, Like, why? Because, well, they, look, you could be Michigan. You could have brought in another blind deaf whatever school, <laughs> Sisters of the Poor University. Well, this comes to philosophy then. Do you want to have a schedule where you sell tickets to your fans that the home games have a legitimate yeah. opponent in? Or are you just going to take whoever you can get the way Alabama and Michigan do? They'll take in. Well, well, next then, year, Michigan's three non-conference next year are East Carolina, Bowling Green, and Nevada Las Vegas. Right. So let me ask, let me respond to that with so next year, Michigan State's non-conference. I don't know who the two you know, Central Michigan, Richmond, and Washington, and Washington. hold. So okay, is Washington going to move the needle any more than those other two? Because I don't think it really does. You can feel better if you beat them because it's a Power Five, but does that really change ticket sales all that much? I just don't see what did State benefit scheduling that home and home. Aside from they didn't have to pay a small school like half a million bucks to a million bucks to come up here. They well, didn't. They uh, didn't. They've got a black eye. And the, look, you want to talk about the real ba- the real benefit of scheduling week to start off three and zero. Michigan State scheduled. I wouldn't say tough, but put a real road game in a true road environment in the Power Five on their schedule, and they lost, and it cost them from being a top well, ten team to out of the rankings in one week. Like I say, this goes to the philosophy. You're talking about it from what's in the best interest of the team. And like Brock knows, I'm always looking at this stuff from what's the best interest for the fans. I, and for, I, well, I mean, yeah. when you have to pay the same amount of money to watch Ohio State as you do Akron, something tells me that's bizarre. Uh, I'm sure, I understand, but I am asking from Michigan State's perspective because that's really what it comes. It's a business, right? And they want to be successful. 
I just don't see the benefit in scheduling that game. Let's I mean, talk- you, you can make the. I mean, look who Izzo scheduled this winter for non-conference with a team That's that different. nobody expects to do much in it's, basketball. It's different though. You can afford regular season losses way more. You have in a lot more basketball. margin for error in college basketball. There's a tournament at the end of the season. We don't really have that in college. Regular season losses can be crippling. Like we said, if Michigan State loses today, it's not even October. Well, and they have two losses. But season's over. Well, look at Notre but Dame. Playoff, Notre Dame's one and right. two. Their the, season's over. But the playoff yes. committee argues that there is a, which I don't necessarily agree with that there is a strength of schedule factor in figuring who's the final four. Sure, but if you have two losses and you're not in the SEC, you're out of the conversation. Well, that's why it's got to change, and that's why they're going to 12 teams. And that will change things. Then we will get some three-loss teams in, I'm sure. And then people complain about that. And it'll be much better. Instead of Akron, they'll schedule Kent State. There, that's an improvement. All right, we got, we got go a to guest, break. We got a guest on the other side. Yep, we'll bring on that special guest, a voice from the not so distant past. You are all very familiar, and a friend of ours, David Mad Dog DeMarco, coming up with us in just a few minutes. This is the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. Are you 40 WJIM Traffic Center, driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac? Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Traffic is slowing up 69 westbound between M52 and Woodbury Road. Uh, that's uh, due to the uh, single lane closure uh, at the front of that area between Woodbury Road and uh, Upton Road. Also, uh, traffic a little bit slower than normal, 496 eastbound between Waverly Road and the start of the road closure at Martin Luther King Boulevard. That'll be active for another couple of weeks or so. Weather-wise, overcast in 55, chance of uh, rain uh, throughout uh, the uh, game. Uh, slight chance, uh, that is. The high temperature will be 64 tonight. It'll get down into the low 50s. Game day uh, traffic and weather is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIL and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian Wine. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back in White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Live from the Price Right RV Studios, also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. Now it's time for Mad Dog's Take on the Game with David Mad Dog DeMarco, brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White. One of a kind every time. Blue Moon is a proud partner of Michigan State Athletics. Dave, how the hell are you? Hi, fellas. How the hell are you from the uh, mountain of Cedar Bluff, Alabama? How's it going, Dean? Well, I'm in here. I mean, every time I see Beanie or I hear him on the air, I think I remember those good old days, years and years and years and years and years and years and years. But time moves on, you know. So, uh, the, you know, we're we're back reunited again. Are you watching television football as we speak or not? Yeah, yes, I've watched more college and pro football this year than I really ever had. I, it's, it's the interest was always super there, but now it's ultra super there. And last week I watched a ton. And we started watching Michigan, and when I saw the uh, uh, returner for Maryland do a Jose Canseco imitation, I, I really, <laughs> at that point in time, just started laughing. 
uh, at that that situation. But uh, yeah, the Michigan State game last week was pathetic, and it smelled. It was terrible. Anybody that had gone to that game had to be throwing up all week. Uh, it was hard getting out of the airport at Washington and Seattle, and it was it was pathetic. I mean, when your coach comes out in his presser, weekly presser, and he calls himself a horse crap coach, I mean. I mean that's right, right, you know the the bottom's ready to drop out. This is a game changer day for Michigan State. I think Tanner Morgan he's the second leading passer in the history of Minnesota quarterbacks, and they haven't had you know a lot, but uh, he's a pretty good quarterback. And I just don't know if this defense uh, can stop him one way or the other. And Michigan State's a three point home dog. It's terrible. Do you think today is a must win for Michigan State? Yes, absolutely. Because it's not going to get any easier. I mean, you know, yeah, Maryland might be a little bit of a hiccup, but then then they have the big boys coming in with Ohio mm-hmm. State, Wisconsin on homecoming. They got to go to Michigan. Michigan, you know, Harbaugh or no Harbaugh, they know what happened last year. It's in the big house. Yeah, I think this. If they lose this game, uh, this I'm not going to say this is a disappointment. They because you know get better but i mean is Jaden reed is he going to play i mean they held him out nobody knew till we talked about that last week he didn't play they got to have some stops too their defensive secondary was i mean i thought that was the whole key to one year difference in last year i mean you got the head coach is the db coach too and he you know as defensive-minded coach and last week i mean they when you have a quarterback that you've played against, even though D'Antonio was the coach, they know what this guy is going to do. D'Antonio was on the sideline of that game. And he comes out and he just starts doing, you know, throwing like Joe Willie Namath. And they know what this guy is going to do. And he just he just smoked them. And they had no – they came back a little bit, but, you know, it was too little too late. They couldn't stop anybody. No, and you're right. The, it's not going to get any easier for Michigan State. You mentioned the big boys, that three-week stretch of Wisconsin, Ohio State, and at Michigan. But before that, they got to go to Maryland. And Maryland just turned Michigan over in the red zone. And Maryland tied with Michigan in the first quarter. Actually, we're going to the second quarter. Maryland just took the ball. They're at their own 38, turning Michigan over on their side of the field. Can I wow. pass something on from the Michigan State University police? Normally, Brock, you do a traffic thing, don't you? Yes, go on, but you get it, got it. Oh. I got this just in from the MSU police, because if you're all out driving around, ready to go tailgate, the police say at Michigan State, they sent me this note, expect heavy traffic congestion and delays exiting US-127 and I-496 at Trowbridge Road. Please enter campus from the east off of Hagedorn Road. We have officers in the area directing traffic and appreciate everyone's patience, to which Chris Solari of the Free Press has just also added, campus is a complete cluster. Down to one lane, passes only at Shaw and Farm Lane. Be prepared for delays. You know, when we were outside doing this tailgate show, I can remember, it was a Michigan game last year. Mm, We got on at that area, Shaw and Farm Lane. I'm telling you, I had to get out. Because it was just gridlock. I had to walk whatever it was, half mile, mile, whatever it was to you. Well, you know, I was nearly late for that thing because it, it, it was just gridlock. You missed that yet, Dave? Yeah, Dave, you missed that down there? No, no, I, I don't I don't think anything will ever be like that in the history of Michigan State again. I mean, the moons were alive. I got there, uh, the, gates, the, the gate opened up at 6.30. I got there at 6.40. It was uh, misting rain, and game day was there. And it looked like NASA control just dropped that thing down on the field hockey. There was... People yeah. guzzling beer and using F word. I'm like, this is like I'm on another planet. I mean, my family wild. had to get dropped off at Dagwoods, and they had to walk up. 
And then, if, I don't know if anybody knows this, but this is what I was told, that uh, months later, game day, they did they tore that field up, and ESPN yes. had to replace that That's because true. they tore it up. And, you know, then, then our RV uh, from Price Right got uh, tore up, and I thought it was maybe, you know, a vandalism thing, but it wasn't. It was the wind uh, that did that. And uh, yeah, Tim, that was that was sort of it wasn't scary, but it was. Well, I mean, there was people all you couldn't move. I never seen anything well, like that. Part of the problem was both of them were eight no, and it was the big national game. Right. Okay, and game days there. So when we got there, how many people were on that field? Ten thousand people, many of whom well, were never going to go to the game itself, but they wanted to go be a part of game day and trash talk each other into oblivion, and that was where our setup was. So, you know, we were kind of hoping, you know, I hope this thing doesn't get out of it. But, but that got people on campus way early for that game. I think if game day hadn't been there, we'd have muddled our way through. Now, why there is an issue over on campus with traffic right now, other than the fact you're not here, Dave, there is so much congestion, like Brock says, a road's torn up in the area. Mm-hmm. You can't get anywhere yeah, around here. Dave, 496, yeah. it, 496 is completely closed between Martin Luther King and Pennsylvania Avenue. It's going to be that way for another couple of weeks. Yeah. Grand River Avenue in Okemos, right out by the Meridian Mall. That's uh, down to one lane both directions. That's going to be for another week. And there's the long-term construction on I-69 between Airport Road and uh, basically Grand River. And uh, that's going to be for another year, which they're going to stop right around Thanksgiving because of winter. And then they'll restart again next spring and finish. Uh, in and November we don't have access to Dave's private helicopter anymore that we can get right here from the radio station to our location on campus. We don't have that. We I'm had. Sorry that. about that. I had to. I had to just put that in a barn out in Mason until I come back. <laughs> oh, so but, that's where you put it. Okay. You know, the thing is, you know, we're talking about this traffic thing. So obviously, there's still big time interest in Michigan State, and of course, there should be. You know, Tucker. Everybody talks coming the woodshed, all the wonderful stuff. Well, Kenneth Walker the third isn't there anymore. Okay. And you go into uh, Washington was not ranked. They played against Penix. He owned them for two games at Indiana. He shut them out the last game. You know he's got a big arm. His problem is he can't stay healthy. That's why he got in the transfer portal, gone to Washington. Washington's got a nice coach. He's going to be good there. They're going to get players. And that was just pathetic. It really was. It was very disappointing. I, You know, like I said, you saw last year they got exposed against Purdue and then Ohio State, Stroud played three quarters. It would have been 80-2, to two, and you thought that they were going to work on that secondary. Now, they've had injuries. I, I mean, you always got to throw that in with all sports. They have, they've had injuries. But still, I mean, you know, some of these portal guys are getting, I thought we're going to be better, and they're just, not, they're just not getting the job done. And Minnesota, is Tanner Morgan's a very good quarterback. He's saw the film from Penix. He knows Penix. He was in the Big Ten. So if they're going to do any damage on the road, today is the day they could do it. Because against any other opponents that are up echelon in the Big Ten, I think, you know, I heard a little bit of your show yesterday, Tim, and I think you guys were talking about this, and we just did a little bit. This is a game changer right here. These guys got to win this game. You know, I watch game day. People are back and forth. Can Sparty do this? Can they you know, and they're like, hey, man, I was really disappointed in what I saw last week. I really thought I would see, you know, a better showing by Michigan State. So, I mean, you know, like I said, it tucks coming, the woodshed. He gets on the podium, calls himself a horse crap coach. I mean, dude, uh, uh, that's what we said last week. You're getting paid this kind of mo- monetary situation. 
you got you got to be up there. Uh, you, I'm not saying they got to be up there with uh, Ryan Day yet or or Franklin yet, but they got to get better. And well, they regressed well, he's last week. he's paid more than James Franklin, See, and the same as Ryan you. Day. See, you guys all I miss you. you all miss Dave's expertise like this on the tailgate shows from years past. I miss Dave's expertise because in my history of the tailgate show, he clearly went down in my memory as the finest bartender we had in the history of the tailgate show. <laughs> The finest bartender we ever had left town, and I haven't recovered from it. Now, you're coming back for one home game, right? Yeah, I'm going to be back for uh, October 50th. I remember that one game last week or last year. You were knee-walking out of that RV. <laughs> yeah. and then, after, then after that, it was like, no moss, Dave, no moss. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you're right. Uh, it's it two-pronged as far as a guy that brings it and a guy that, as far as a social chemist, uh, yeah, I, I could fit, fit the bill on that. For, there's no getting around that. You can't believe I mean, how many tailgate shows I would walk into in years past, tired, a little down, the game doesn't get me excited. And then after I left the tailgate show, I was in a much better mood for whatever reason, yeah, to get ready for the game day. Right. You know? Because you had those mad dog Marys. They carried you throughout the day. I don't know, but you know, I'm in a bad... Okay, so Brock and I are in this pool. For ten, so my 10-point pick this week is Georgia giving 45-and-a-half to Kent State. Well, guess what? Early in the second quarter, Georgia 12, Kent State 10. Now I'm not happy anymore. What yeah. is it? Huh? What and Maryland just took the lead yeah, on Michigan. Maryland leads on Michigan. 17 yeah. to 10. Well, now Brock's going to be down. And now and now Penn State leading 14 to 7. Central Michigan is driving inside the no, Penn State. No, they just scored court. actually. Oh, they did. They're kicking the extra point right so now. So it's going to be 14. How about that? How about that, Dave? Fire up chips are about yeah, to tie it up and have a The moment Michigan renames the tunnel for Lloyd Carr, the Wolverines come out of that tunnel <laughs> and go right into the tank. Go. Bad yep. things happen. Right into the tank with a new Lloyd Carr tunnel. They went right in the tank, and Maryland has come back and has the lead on Michigan. Well, I still think Georgia Georgia was 40-and-a-half. I still like 40-and-a-half. Yeah, but Georgia. I got them at 45. As... Brock, did, you didn't take that game, did you? Yeah, because yeah, I'm smarter than you in that respect. Well, I mean, Kent State, Georgia, give me a break. I mean, this number one team in the nation. I mean, you got to go with Georgia, given the points in that game. I mean, that, that's falling out of bed. Yeah, don't I mean, worry. They're, really, on the, I mean, they're in the red zone. Uh, yeah, already. I don't. Yeah. Well, and the moment no, Brandon, I tried, I the moment I tried to say something <laughs> nice about James Franklin with Penn State up fourteen to nothing, Central Michigan has now tied the score at fourteen to fourteen at Penn State. Put, now I'm rooting for CMU. You put the Dean curse on him. Well, Tim. you should root for CMU. I mean, <laughs> Franklin is a dog coach. Everybody knows that. No, no, not were, everybody because. You know, Tim, I've, got Tim him on, I've got him on Mount Rushmore with Jefferson and Franklin and George Washington. But that's just me. <laughs> Two Franklins. That Eli Manning thing was pretty funny if you guys saw oh, that. Oh, Chad Powers. Fantastic. Hilarious. Yeah, it was great. Hilariously funny. Tim, you ought to do that at Channel 6. You ought to dress, try to apply for a job at Channel 6 and get all disguised up and oh, go in man. there. I'm having all I can do to stay right where I am. I'm just telling you, every time I put that fob on the door, I say, I wonder if that thing's going to buzz <laughs> yeah. and let me in. Yeah, right. Dave, I had to let him in. He doesn't have a key to get yeah. in, so I had to I, let him in. Took me 20, yeah, I had 28 years here, and they gave me one last fall. <laughs> and it's still locked he, down. He I never, still can't get in. They're, yeah. they're worried that he might start taking stuff out of the building. I never knew how they worked because nobody ever gave me one. Hey, Dave, let me rescue this segment and ask you, do you want to go ahead and give the offensive keys brought to us by White Law PLLC? Yeah, I will. That, you're not rescuing anything. I think this is, you know, everybody's, you know, in a festive mood. You're doing all right, Brandon. Is that why I understand it? Uh, as good as I can. He as needs, good as I can. He needs a Mad Dog Mary really bad right <laughs> now. Yeah, well, I might. 
I'm, I'm going to let you guys put it to a, Well, he doesn't like Mad Dog Mary's. I, no, I I'm a beer that. guy, yeah. No, no, he. But, Tim, for you, you give me a thumbs up or thumbs down if you want me to mysteriously show up with some in a couple of weeks. But I'll go. These are your offensive keys. For today's ball game between the MSU Spartans and the Mini Golfers, your old keys are brought to you by. Today, there are friends at White Law PLC. At White Law PLC, they use a team approach to solve their clients' legal issues. Call Jamie White and White Law PLC at 517 316 1195, 4595 Jolly Road, Suite 340 in Okemos, Michigan. Last week's pathetic loss is behind this team, or is it? MSU is a .3 underdog at home. They dropped out of the top 25. Bring, uh, they were there number 11. Uh, Mel Tucker calls himself a horse crap coach and no more cream puffs. Minnesota has six returning defensive starters. Peyton Thorne has to continue to get better and hit his targets. We're not sure if uh, Reed will play yet. So other wide receivers will have to stand up to the challenge. Will Berger, Broussard get the ground game going? The O-line has to be much better. This will be a close game that MSU must be efficient on offense. If Thorne struggles, he will have to get the hook. This game is a toss-up to me. Why don't you go ahead and and give us the prediction, too, on top of that? Um, I will say, just because we are MSU tailgate, a lot of people are going against Sparties. I heard a little bit of Tim's thing. I'm going to go Michigan State uh, 27-24. I went that last week. Uh, I think, again, these guys, a sense of urgency has to be there. they got to realize this is a turning point. If they if they'll regress even more if they don't win this game at home, I think people are going to be jacked up uh, to get to that stadium, tailgating, getting fired up. And uh, Thorne knows, you know, he's got a lot of responsibility on him. He didn't play that well two games ago. Played okay last week. The offensive line they had some injuries. So that's what I'm going to say, 27-24 State. All right, Dave, it was nice to hear from you. Let's do it again the same time next week because it's a 3.30 kick again next week for Michigan State at Maryland. All right, so I'll we'll be call expecting you, you guys have a great one. Tim, it's always a great uh, talking and getting some laughs with you guys. And, Brandon, I'm glad you're doing well. So you guys enjoy the weekend. Take okay, care. Take care, Dave. Appreciate it. That was Mad Dog's Take on the Game, brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, one of a kind every time. Blue Moon is a proud partner of Michigan State Athletics. And that is time for us to go to break here on the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. Back in just a few here on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Lansing's Big Talker. 12, the 1240 WJIM Traffic Center. Driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Taking a look at your uh, traffic right now, 69 westbound between M52 and Woodbury Road. Uh, that's a bit slower than normal due to a single lane closure in that area. Uh, that'll be, well, that, that construction is going to be for another couple of days or so. And uh, 127 at uh, Trowbridge, uh, that's uh, a very, very slow uh, right now. Motorists, find an alternate route if you possibly can uh, at this time as people are coming in. Uh, to watch the game uh, today. Taking a look at your weather right now, 55 degrees and overcast. The high temperature today will be 64. There's a 30% chance of showers uh, throughout the uh, game today. Low temperature will be down into the 50s. Your uh, game day uh, travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This, this, this. 
This is the White Law PLLC Telgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ live from the Price Right RV Studios. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Dart Bank Mortgage Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial Craig Stiles, DBI We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nuthouse, and Gazelle Wealth Management. All right, so before we get back into the the Michigan State talk, we've got a – what was that, Tim? Was that your phone going Crowd noise from some of the games. I'm just checking to see what stadiums are filled early. Uh, well, that's that's like a Tim update if I've ever heard. Yeah. Yep. But before we get to the attendance updates around the country, let's take a look at the top 25 scoreboard. Number one, Georgia, leading 19-10 to 10 over Kent State in the second quarter, about seven minutes left there. Uh, this one – it's still early, but I didn't think Maryland would score this many points on the day. But uh, with 10.30 left in the second quarter, Maryland is leading number 4 Michigan in Ann Arbor 13-10. to uh, Number 5 Clemson with a 10-point lead over number 21 Wake Forest in Wake Forest, 17-7. You got to have uh, you got to feel good and a little, little proud if you're a CMU alum. Fire up chips. They're all tied up at 14 in Happy Valley. With number 14, Penn State. There's about five minutes left before halftime there. Number 17, Baylor. 17 to 7 lead over Iowa State on the road in uh, Ames, Iowa. 339 left in the second half. And then the last top 25 action on uh, going on right now. Number 24, Pitt, with a 24-7 lead at home over Rhode Island. I think they call them URI. That's 339 left yeah. in the second quarter there. And that's uh, all the Big Ten action that's ongoing right now. now later on today, guys, uh, going other than Michigan, Michigan State and Minnesota, Indiana is at Cincinnati. That's a 330 start. And then oh, looking, we got three, let me see, four night games coming up at 7 o'clock. Iowa is at Rutgers at 7 o'clock. Miami of Ohio hosts, or, or is at Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern one and two, uh, Ohio State hosting Wisconsin. That's the ABC game, uh, seven thirty. Fowler and Herb Street are going to be there, and Purdue hosts Florida Atlantic. That's at seven thirty. And of course, Illinois beat uh, Tennessee Chattanooga last or not last night. It was Thursday night, thirty-one to nothing. So we um, we'll look at some of those spreads for those games a little bit later on before we get out. Uh, we are what like two hours fifteen minutes from kickoff. Michigan State hosting Minnesota. Kind of reset that talk a little bit now. Um, some stats for you. I know, look, it's college football. Uh, does this really matter to today's game? Probably not, but people are interested in these kinds of things just because, again, it's it's college football and it's Big Ten college football, so it has a long history. This will be the 38th meeting all-time between Michigan State and Minnesota. And MSU leads all-time. Uh, was that I won't twenty one to seventeen? Did I get that right? I'll have to double check that. It looks like I made a typo. But anyway, MSU leads the all time series. They've won the last five matchups dating back to two thousand ten. Most recently, they played in twenty seventeen. MSU won thirty to twenty seven at Minnesota. But um, 
You know, when I think about the issues of Michigan State this year, obviously you, you ask any MSU fan and probably any casual college football observer, and they will tell you the story of Michigan State, at least so far, is the pass defense or lack thereof. And so that's triggering a bit of uh, trauma I have. Maybe you guys remember this. The 2009 Michigan State at Minnesota game was played on Halloween, which is always a weird night to play a football game. But it's affectionately become known in MSU circles as the wheel route game. And if you can remember that, that was year three of Mark D'Antonio. And this was back when people in this fan base were calling for the dismissal of Pat Narduzzi, particularly after that game when Michigan State could not cover a running back coming out of the backfield down the sideline to save their life. Uh, it's just interesting to me the the commonalities between the time frames because here we are in year three now of Mel Tucker People want the defensive coordinator fired, and look what was going on then uh, with D'Antonio in year three and people wanting Narduzzi fired, and we all know what happened a couple of years later. Um, I don't know. I, I just wanted to reset that a little bit and get your guys' take. With all the hype, I guess the hype's not the right word, all the outrage over Michigan State's pass defense and an overwhelming chorus of the Michigan State fan base calling for the firing of Scotty Hazleton after last week. In fact, many were calling for his dismissal last season in the offseason, but Tucker kept him, and Tucker personally invested himself into the coaching of the defensive backs. What do you make of that, Tim, of this fan base wanting a pound of flesh in the form of the defensive coordinator being fired? Well... Look, when you have a large fan base and you win, everybody's happy. When you lose and you're used to winning, then you start pointing fingers. I don't think this is any different. If State plays well today and Minnesota struggles, then nobody will say a word. If State struggles today... I think it'll go right to the head coach as well. That you know, the head coach has got a lucrative extended contract, which is well known. You know, it's been well publicized. If you keep winning, uh, or if you do win, well, then nobody's going to complain. If you lose, well, I mean, if Michigan struggles today, well, then they're going to complain about the head coach. It, that's just the nature of the beast, especially in college sports, because the fan bases, especially at schools of this size, and you know, for the investment they make to go to these games, they they don't want to go lose. They want to win for sure. For the sure. fingers get pointed. I I never overreact to all that stuff because when I hear well the fan base want who exactly is that, or are there others that kind of look at the head coach instead, or just say well you know the player it, 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 bad calls, bad officials, breaks bad. Yeah, I I think that varies across the board. What I don't know is the impact that gambling legally will have on the reaction of many. In other words, of the 75,000 or however many are in the stadium today, how many of those people are betting on this game? I still don't know if it's that big of a chunk. I, I Don't get me wrong. I don't obviously, think it's a big chunk either. Sports betting is obviously a huge industry to the tune of billions of dollars, but I still don't think the casual fan is all that no, invested I agree. in it. Um, but that's an interesting point. Let me ask you this then, because you brought up another interesting point. Something I've been thinking about at least since last week. Obviously, I, you know this has been a thing all over the last year or so. But especially since the lost, uh, the loss in Washington, there were um, again how representative is this segment of the fan base? Impossible to say. It's definitely a small percentage because most fans don't 
go on Twitter and don't call into sports radio. But the ones who do do those things have been calling for Hazleton's firing for a while, and it reached a fever pitch last night. There were MSU fans wanting him to get the Lane Kiffin treatment and get fired on the tarmac, or the Herm Edwards treatment and get fired in the end zone after the game. <laughs> but um, yeah, but how many people sitting in the stands today can even name right. Michigan I, State's defensive coordinator? But my question is, are... Are they missing the forest through the trees? Because I get that he's the defensive coordinator, but he's doing what his head coach who hired him and kept him wants him to do. There's no question. And that same head coach is personally coaching the defensive backs. Brock will always tell you, because he always talks. Look, coaching in college football, college sports, obviously, is a huge deal. But when it comes down to it, who's between the lines playing? I want to know who's playing. You know what I mean? Are, do you have good players? Are your players better than their players by a wide enough margin that everything else is not going to make a difference in terms of who wins a game because you got better personnel than the other side does? Now that does not mean that I don't think coaching matters because you got to assemble these guys. You got to you got to put them together. You got to get them into be a team bonding, all practice, blah blah blah, the whole deal. Make them better along the way. And I also think in sports you need good luck. I think you need breaks. I th- because I think the it's like D'Antonio said. I think there are a lot of margins of victory and defeat, are just a matter of inches and breaks and good calls, bad calls. And that's uh, part of the deal in sports. If that's you can't part of the deal in sports. If, if you can't deal with that in sports, don't follow it. But, totally but, agree. But people who go public with their discontent, mostly it's negative, not positive. That's just the nature oh, of the beast. Guys, in the second half, I went to Twitter. For the Michigan State Washington game, and it was all negative. Fire Scotty Hazelton. Fire this guy. Bench this guy. Bench that guy. And I'm like, really? But I also, you're right. It's part of the deal, but I'm like, really? I think that's a good thing because that shows me the fan base is taking ownership. They care. And the fan base is holding the program to a standard that a program who pays its head coach among the top five in the country ought to. That's That's fair to say. That's fair to say. If Georgia went out there and put out a performance like last week Michigan State did in Washington after having a full year of bad pass defense, they would be calling for the defensive coordinator to be fired on the tarmac. That's how it works. I think that's where we are now. Now, Michigan State doesn't have the the mantle or the the trophy case that the Georgias or Alabamas or Ohio States have, right? But they're investing the same resources and – it's only reasonable to expect similar results in terms of wins and losses. Not perfection, but excellence. Absolutely. And look, it's not. I don't think it's all that unreasonable how fans behaved after that last week. Because it wasn't that they lost. It was that they lost doing the exact same thing that cost them last year. Mm. That we were told would be cleaned up. And actually has to be right, because there's no way it could be worse than last year. Because they finished, as Mel Tucker said, dead-ass last in pass defense. And yet last week, somehow it looked worse. I, I have to believe, and I'm no expert, but just my layman's opinion, I have to believe the reason it was so much worse last week had to do with the same thing that has ailed this program and every single other Big Ten one when it travels out that way in the regular season and why they can never well, win out there. Let's see what Washington does at home today with Stanford. Maybe Washington's really good. Or, Maybe that guy is the best quarterback in the country. Maybe I, he is. I don't think there's any doubting he is a very good quarterback. And like, that, and that's part of got, the issue. Yeah. yeah, State's got a sample size to prove that, like playing him, uh, whether it's there or Indiana. We I mean, know the expectations that. here have changed because of that contract, yep. obviously. And rightfully so. And, I mean, the expectations have changed. Plus, last year, you know, they still finished third in the Big Ten East. That's not my opinion. That's where they finished. 
third. Okay, they still finish behind Ohio State, Michigan, and whether so so that there's an expectation at eleven and two plus the bowl game they won. There are those who would say, like Narduzzi, that that was kind of flimsy, but it is what it is. Well, that's that's a weak argument then, because Michigan State was playing without a Heisman contender, too. Right, right. exactly. And, um, I think they kind of cancel each other out. I would agree. I and disagree fact, with that completely. Oh, I think, I think Michigan State ran the ball with the guys they had up and down the field on them. On Pitt? No, they did not. They ran it up and down the they field. They did not. When they tried to run it with the guys they had, he's not Walker. He wasn't Walker. Michigan they State scored 31 points in that game. All through the air in the third and fourth quarter. I'll get you the numbers. They did well, not run I'm the ball saying, I, I think Kenny Pickett made a big difference. But I'm sure I think he did. That's oh, the he way, did. But that's the way Bulls work now. Well, I'm, I agree. That's if you're way, not in the playoff. The, yeah. way, the, the way Bulls are going to work now, when you play a bowl game, they lose their guys, we lose our guys. And that's going to continue. I think that trend's going to continue dramatically. Until Tim, the playoff goes to 12 teams. Tim, Michigan State ran the ball 36 times against Pitt in the Peach Bowl for 56 yards. Yeah, but... Put I, a two in front of the 56, and that's what you expect with Kenneth Walker in the game. He is... I'm not saying one is necessarily worse than the other, but those are commensurate losses. Those are two Heisman contenders. Well, there were other guys, too. Pitt lost its best safety in that oh, game Oh, and they lost well. their second-string quarterback for, what, yes. second drive now, of the game? Yes. Now, I think that's critical. But the point is, Michigan State was not playing with a full deck. and Neither one of them were. True. But that's Pitt, right. Pitt was a defensive first team with a excellent pass rush, and they were up. In the third quarter, they had the lead, and they blew it in the fourth, giving up three touchdowns all through the air. Well, so, the, the one was the pick six at the end. Yes. that game, you know, the game almost went Pitt's way anyway. What was it, Breck? 30 seconds to and go. And Cal, 20, Cal, Cal Holiday 24, had 24 yeah. or whatever it was, and the, yeah. you know, they're going in to win the game if this guy can possibly make a play. But Halliday made it went the other way, so that kind of skewed the score the other way. But it's a W. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm sorry. I don't know why we're uh, rehashing that. <laughs> Pat Narduzzi would be happy we are. But yeah, the point would. I was trying to make is, yeah, like, well, I guess we all agreed. You know, the 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 standard has changed here just by virtue of the contract alone, which it should, because Michigan State didn't uh, give. Mel Tucker, a 10-year, $95 million contract to continue to finish third in the Big Ten East or to win or eight, to go eight games. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's an expectation of results. That's how it works. And then on top of that, look, yes, they finished third last year, and Mel Tucker said that on day one of, of fall camp this year. He said, we didn't win anything last year, which is true. But what's the well, the problem is, and the way the, the reason the fan base is reacting so adversely to last week, besides the fact that the biggest problem um, that appeared on TV was the biggest problem all last year, and we were promised it was going to be cleaned up, was look what happened last year. Even though they finished third, they won some big games, including in week three on the road in a true Power 5 road environment at Miami. Didn't happen this time. Even after a week of hyping up all the preparation they were making to make the trip, and then for some reason only leaving the day before, that had to have something to do with it. I'm not sure how much. But anyway, uh, we've got more time to talk about it. Let's take a break. We come back. We can uh, reset the, the scoreboards for you. And Defensive more the, keys, don't we? I think we do that next. Or do you want to do that right now? I'm just Let's not. do it next segment because okay, we're up against it already. Gotcha. Um, you don't want to miss them. Exactly. Just like Jake Moody missed a 43-yard field goal for Michigan. It's still 13-10. to Or he missed that? He missed a 43-yard field goal. You know, speaking of missing defensive keys, I guess Michigan State missed them last week. Yikes. By the way, it, you know, states at Maryland next week. Maryland's place kicker, Chad Ryland, 
leads the nation with 20 consecutive field goals made, including two today for Maryland of 52 and 53 yards. So if you get him next week where it's down to a kick and that guy's kicking, it looks like this guy's resume is pretty good. Sure does. It's still 13-10 Maryland, late first half against Michigan. Maryland. Back in a few, White Law PLLC tailgate show. 1240 WJIM Traffic Center, driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Taking a look at your uh, traffic right now, things looking pretty good uh, for the uh, most part on the uh, highways, although things are pretty crowded right around Trowbridge Road coming in from 127 and uh, from 496. Uh, So motorists, be aware of that. Find an alternate route if you possibly can. If you're coming in from the east on Grand River, uh, Grand River Avenue out by Meridian Mall in Okemos between Mohawk Road and Cornell Road. Uh, there's a single lane closure for another week or so. Uh, find an alternate route if you possibly can uh, get through all that mess. Uh, weather-wise, overcast and 55 right now. It's going to be the high temperature is going to be 64 degrees. There's going to be a chance of showers uh, throughout the game. Whether that affects the game or not, who knows. The low temperature will be down into the mid-50s. Your travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Wright Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell from the Price Wright Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back. White Law PLLC tailgate show from those Price Right RV studios here at 1240 WJIM Lansing's Big Talker and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and the MSU Federal Credit Union. Hey, speaking of Gravity Smokehouse, I wanted to remind you that all season you need to make sure you head down to Gravity Smokehouse for your tailgating needs. Gravity is the official restaurant sponsor of the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show, keeping Lansing fed and full. Gravity's meats, they're smoked low and slow with scratch-made sides like mac and cheese baked to perfection with aged cheddar. Menu items like the brisket burger, 100% brisket, smashed burgers, and dry rub meats, you can't go wrong at Gravity Smokehouse, so get your tailgate catered from them all football season or catch the games at their restaurant off Cedar Street in Holt. Gravity Smokehouse, the official tailgate restaurant sponsor, White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. We appreciate them. Okay, we've reached a point in the show. we got to take care of a little business. Tim, why don't you tell us about today's defensive keys for Minnesota at Michigan State? Today's defensive keys are brought to you by Gazelle Wealth Management. I think almost anybody could fill out the defensive keys for the game. All you had to do was watch the Spartans in the first three games so far this season, okay? Western Michigan and Akron at times threw the ball on Michigan State, but turnovers did both of them in, and the Spartans were able to win comfortably. But last week, the mistakes they made obviously were key. The one thing that is everybody's talking 
talking about with the defensive issues, I think linebacker play has got to improve as well. The linebackers have got to be both more uh, effective getting to the quarterback and also protecting in pass coverage as well, especially in the short passes over the middle. Are those linebackers in the right position? Are they athletic enough to make plays? Everybody knows there's going to be some kind of change in the secondary today against Minnesota's established quarterback, Tanner Morgan. He's a senior. He's got a lot of experience. He doesn't quite have the athleticism most people would suggest that Michael Penix did for Washington last week, but he's got a running game and he's got a veteran offensive line. Can Michigan State get a rush on him? Can Michigan State's defense avoid mistakes such as penalties or other issues that can make it easier? All of that is going to be the key. So to me, the key would actually go across the board. The defensive line, the linebackers have to play better with more accuracy. The secondary obviously has got to stick to those guys down the field much better, and there's got to be run support that's much better, and don't make hardly any mistakes. I mean, if you get into a game against a team that's undefeated with high expectations today, like Minnesota, I would say the defensive keys run across the board, and oh, by the way, the defensive players that come on the field for whatever reason, to replace those who've been on the field, same thing. Are you going to be effective when you need it to stop drives and make the Gophers pump the ball away? Defensive keys have been brought to you by Gazelle Wealth Management. Gazelle takes a long-term view using prudent risk management. Call Joe Gazelle today. His area code is the same here, 517. And then it's 336-7200. Or visit Gazelle Wealth Management online at Gazelle. That's G-A-Z-A-L-L, gazellewealth.com. I can't pin that down anymore. Thanks for that, Tim. I don't think it's just one single area. I think it's a team game. There are 11 guys out there. Those 11 guys have all got to play better and support each other, including the guy. And there can't be any personal fouls. Can't be any pass interference. You know, we haven't talked about, I claim State has the greatest player in the nation at one position. Oh, the punter. Punter. Bryce Barringer. He's the best player in the nation as a punter. He's excellent. And I've seen punters win games before. In oh, I have too. Low scoring affairs, yeah. Changing the field position, it's huge. Uh, I mean, he, cha- he, he, well, he changes it constantly. You think you've got him, you know, states pinned back. Okay, we're going to get it at the 40 or the 50. Oh, excuse me, the ball's back on the 28 yard line, just like a kickoff. And guys, uh, you know, the looking at the weather, it could possibly rain during the game. Is that going to be a factor? Is that going to make the game lower scoring? That would make field position and punting uh, more of a factor. For I got sure. a feeling it might. You know, all eyes are going to be on State's pass defense, right? For sure. That's going to be the big topic among media and fans. I just, here's where I am with the game. And you guys tell me, just kind of, uh, you can just kind of wrap off of this. I feel like where this program is with Mel Tucker as the head coach in year three and what we've seen them do last year, what we've seen they're capable of, that going on the road and getting embarrassed like they did at Washington. They're not going to come home and drop a game to Minnesota. That's that's just how I feel about it. Um, obviously, giving away my pick a little bit, but I just don't think they're going to follow up that bad of a performance in a, in the first truly poor one of the year with you know a reprisal losing at home to Minnesota because I just don't think that'll happen. And here's why: obviously, Michigan State's pass defense has some serious issues. But if they let Minnesota come in here, this is an offense that would make Jim Harbaugh blush with how much they want to run the ball and control the clock and not take a lot of chances down the field. If they let Tanner Morgan, who 
God bless him. You know, veteran. He's accomplished a lot there. He's going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks in Minnesota history. Brandon, but I think you call him a game manager. He Well, I didn't. That's what they call him. Uh, I would know. I don't watch a ton of Minnesota I don't, football. I don't like game manager quarterbacks because subconsciously that means um, – you stink, but you're the best guy we have, so don't lose the game for us. Well, I see, I don't necessarily mean think it means it stinks. I, I think it might mean that's what the coaches want. Like, I feel like a lot of Jim Trestle quarterbacks were game managers because he wanted to trestle Craig ball. Kenzel. He Craig wanted Krenzel. To, he wanted to run the hell out of the ball and not take chances so that they don't screw it up for the excellent defense, right? So... Anyway, the point is, Minnesota fans and, and media refer to Tanner Morgan as a game manager. I buy that. If Michigan State lets him come in here without his best receiver and he goes off for a career passing day, then this thing is at DEFCON 1, right? It just is. Like th- There would have been no improvement from last year. It might, in fact, be worse. They can't let that happen. I just can't believe that that's going to happen. Well, if it does, and then you're going to Maryland next week, and Maryland's pushed Michigan all over the field in the first half. Michigan just scored Blake Corum 33-yard touchdown run. Michigan ahead 17-13 just before the half. Well, that's big because that does that changes the momentum a little bit because Maryland is hung in there, hung in there. If you if you missed all this, Maryland fumbled the opening kickoff, and Michigan scored one play. Michigan led eight seconds into the game and has struggled since then. So if they scored a touchdown right before they have to regain the lead, you know. But it sounds to me like Maryland didn't come to lose. No, and they've, like, the knock on them, and it appears the same thing is starting to happen now, is, you know, they crush a bunch of, non-Power 5 competition in the non-conference, put up 70 points a couple of times, even in years past, and then the Big Ten starts and it comes crashing down to earth. Now, they're hanging in there more than they're they hanging have today. in there. But even even last year, you know, it was the same song and dance with them, and they threw all over the place on multiple Big Ten teams. That's just the kind of offense they run. So Michigan State's going to have his hands full dealing with that offense and uh, uh, Tua Tungvaloa's little brother. No question. Regardless of what happens today, regardless of, of what teams. happens today, Howley, I think is they his have first a, name. Okay. They have another tough quarterback. They, well, he's like Penix. He runs the same way. He throws the same way. I don't know if his team's the same. Whatever. I don't think the intensity in the Maryland Stadium is going to be anywhere close to what it was in Washington. But to your point, if Michigan State loses today, going into that game, then all bets are off. Yeah, then you I, can you know because then, the wheels are off the wagon for Michigan State yeah. if that happens. You're you're two and two. They they would have two losses before October, which I know people are going to get tired of hearing this. What but, if Thorne's off today though? Yeah, I mean it's totally he possible. was off against Western and Akron. But hang on, if they go into October, I mean it's not even October, and they have two losses already. That is simply unacceptable, and people get tired of hearing this, so be it tough. Will you be giving up your season tickets? It's unacceptable for a program that pays its head coach among the top five in the nation to have two losses before September's out. Can you deduct his pay? (laughs) When you say it's unacceptable, then what happens? Oh, yeah, Tim always says that. I say to Brock all the time, he says, well, that's not acceptable. I said, well, then what happens? Well, let's... Do you, what do you just really, write more? Or, I mean, how does that yeah, work? Well, it's not well, that's really gonna up, happen. It's not up to me, but we know what will happen in the offseason. Michigan State will force him to make changes to his staff where the issues are. They will. Oh, because it, they're they're paying too much oh, money. Oh, if they go se- if they for some reason go seven and five or whatever, I think the fans are gonna pretty much demand that changes are be made. Well for well, that reason. Seven and five, if they lose today, seven and five might be optimistic. And honest to God, I'm not doing a radio well, it thing. Still just could trying be, even, to if drum they, up. even if they win today, it still could yeah, be. True. Look at this. If they if they go out of you know, they go into October two and two, okay, they gotta go to Maryland next week. 
they have problems against the pass, and Maryland likes to heave it all over the field. Then they have to bring Ohio State to town. Oh, Who boy. did they ever beat? <laughs> Wisconsin comes to town. Hey, maybe that's the safest one for Michigan State because of the Wisconsin's way they play. Wisconsin's kind of similar to, to Minnesota, actually. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like Maybe they feel best about that one. Then you got to go to Michigan, right? And that's just October. Okay, So if they lose today, they're looking at a distinct possibility of at worst obviously 2 and 6 but maybe more likely 3 and 5 certainly 4 and 4 is not unreasonable like this is a big game this is and this is the kind of game that sets the tone for the entire balance of a season and sets up whether you're going to be in the conversation for a new year 6 bowl game or you're going to be in the conversation for the dollar general bowl well I think a bigger question is if that happens it's not so much will they survive October will you survive October <laughs> Well, that's a whole other issue. We'll talk about that some other time. No, I mean, uh, you know, there's enough other issues on the table. I mean, if they're three and five in October, will you be three and five in October? Uh, you know, it's uh, I, I, like I always tell Brock: if nothing else, it's good for radio. It oh, for sure. Yeah, but I, dude, the, the the deal is the expectations are different now than they've ever been. Even than they were under D'Antonio in the three-year run where they finished top five at the end of every poll, like uh, those years, 13, 14, and 15. It's different now. It's higher because Michigan State has started to invest in its football program like the top five or ten programs in the country do. But what does the Minnesota fan base say today? You know, where are they? Mm. I think they're happy to be in this conversation. Uh, I think they'll be ecstatic with a win, obviously, and they got to feel good regardless because the Big Ten West appears to be wide open. Iowa can't score. Wisconsin doesn't have an offensive line for the second time in my life. I think that's only happened last year and this year. And Nebraska's in free fall. Northwestern's in free fall. Purdue can't run the ball. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you got to feel really damn good it, it, if you're Minnesota. It, it, Illinois is a weird team. Northwestern isn't very good this year. I think for Minnesota, it's going to, and this is just based off talking to the beat writer from the Star Tribune yesterday on my show. We talked about him earlier. Uh, Randy Johnson is his name. Uh, he does not throw a 94-mile-per-hour slider, though. Anyway, uh, that was a baseball joke. Nothing? Okay. I'm here till Wednesday. Try the veal. So what I get the the point being with Minnesota this year is they have to beat Iowa because they've never beat Iowa under Fleck. That's the bugaboo. They've beaten Minnesota well, if recently going, if as if, Wisconsin. If, if they're going to be more successful. I mean, they've never been. If they're the, going to go to the Big Ten title. Yeah, I've never made the Big Ten title game, the Big Ten West. You know, I think what, where the they. Floyd or Rosedale doesn't get them going? The big bronze pig that they play for? You know, so my middle <laughs> son is with us this week. He's a Purdue guy. Big Purdue, 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 right? So, like he said. He's been me, in a foul mood, hasn't he? Well, like he the, the, the Syracuse, yes. Is, but, okay, so like he says, all right, we lost to Penn State. So, we got one loss in the league. Wisconsin plays at Ohio State tonight. Is that a loss for the Badgers? Okay. Minnesota plays at Michigan State. Is that a loss for Minnesota? What happens if Iowa even gives you one early? In other words, the point he's making is even though Purdue lost its first conference game to Penn State is are, are they out of it when you look at the West like your Illinois to me I, I I I couldn't stand watching them play Chet they're better defensively but when State the only way they have a chance against Michigan State is State plays them on the road right after Michigan and win or lose it'll be a letdown game for Michigan State Illinois is better defensively than it was by a long way but they don't have a quarterback and that'll 
that'll probably be a problem long-term down the road. So if you take Nebraska, Northwestern, and Illinois out of the West, that leaves four. Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Purdue. And you could pin two losses. So you might have three of them with a loss, plus whatever Iowa does at Rutgers. So sure. if Iowa wins at Rutgers, at the end of the week, this week, Iowa probably by default, and we've seen where Iowa is offensively and all the problems it's had, Iowa would be by default early on the leader in the West, but they've got huge games coming up too. And look, that was excellent analysis and a breakdown of the Big Ten West. You're but welcome. I, I think it's all for naught because it doesn't matter. Because the Big Ten West is 0-8 all-time in Big Ten title games. And they'll be 0-9. They will. But at least you'll get there. Lamp. But at least you'll get to go oh, there. Well, yeah, and Minnesota gets there. It's a huge deal because they've never been. Do you get a been. Big Ten West title trophy? Yes. Yes, you there do. Is a yes, big, they do. So there's a and, West trophy. Yes. yes. Well, that's and, strong. Hey, if you lose the last game of the season to get bumped out of going to the Big Ten title game and the team that beats you goes... You can still hang a banner for finishing as co-division leader. Well, Just ask Jim Harbaugh because he did that. If you're the Big Ten West title game fan base, you don't have to win to make money. I'm just cover. Can, you can bet them in a cover, right? Because they're going to go in as about a three or four touchdown underdog. They always do, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan or whatever. Michigan yeah. crushed Iowa last fall. Yep. And you got to figure Ohio State, if it gets there, would do the same. Yes. But it's, we'll a, see. it's a sacrificial lamb. But that's November. This is September. There's a there are a lot of hassles to go yet, a ton, and we've got one last break to go. We'll be back in a couple to close it out with you. Let's take a look at some of those spreads Tim's talking about today in just a few minutes here on the White Law PLLC Tailgate Show. Twelve forty WJIM Traffic Center, driven by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. Taking a look at your traffic, uh, one final time, 69 westbound, a little bit slower than normal between M52 and Woodbury Road. That's because of the single lane closure in that area. It's also a bit slow at the interchange, 127 and and uh, I-69. A little bit slower than normal in all directions. Be aware of that. And right around Trowbridge Road, coming off of 496 and 127, both directions. Uh, that's a mess right now. Uh, so uh, find an alternate route if you possibly can. Taking a look at your weather. Uh, the the uh, temperature has gone up a couple of degrees. Yeah, 58 degrees and overcast. There is a 40% chance of showers throughout the game. Whether that's a factor during the game, uh, who knows. The high temperature will get up into the low to mid-60s during the game. Low temperatures down in the low to mid-50s tonight. Your game day uh, travel update is brought to you by Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac. Relax and enjoy the Shaheen difference. This is the White Law PLLC Tellgate Show on Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ. Today's broadcast is brought to you by White Law PLLC, Shaheen Chevrolet, Price Right Auto and RV, Blue Moon Belgian White. Now, now let's talk to the Dean of Sports, Tim Stout, and offensive-minded host, Beanie Howell, from the Price Right Auto and RV Studios. Welcome back. White Law PLLC Tailgate Show on 1240 WJIM, Lansing's Big Talker, and Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ, live from the Price Right RV Studios. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse, and MSU Federal Credit Union. Let's take a look at the top 25 scoreboard. Right now, number one, Georgia's at halftime leading Kent State. Surprisingly close, 26-13. Tim's upset. 
Doesn't look like the Bulldogs are going to cover. But there's time, Tim. Hang in there. In Ann Arbor, number four, Michigan. In a also surprisingly close game. 17-13 lead over Maryland. Number five, Clemson on the road at Wake Forest. Up 20-14 to at halftime. Central Michigan giving Penn State almost as much as they can handle. It's halftime in Happy Valley. CMU's only down 21-14. Number 17, Baylor in the third quarter at Iowa State, up 17-14. And the last top 25 game on right now, number 24, Pittsburgh, up 10 over Rhode Island at home. This is in the third quarter, 24-14. Now let's, uh, let's, let's shift our attention a little bit here. We started talking about it a little bit at the last segment but let's let's talk about some of these point spreads today uh because we can now thanks to changes in the times so michigan state opened as a one and a half point favorite and that line has more than inverted now Uh, last i saw michigan state was getting three and a half now from minnesota i'm gonna make sure that's not changed but uh tim your take on that Uh, do you like you like state getting three and i feel like it's a hell of a value Especially in this game. I, I'd almost take State giving six and a half, seven, something like that. That doesn't mean I'd completely be sure they're going to win the game and cover. I, I got to see Minnesota on the road in a big game. I, I mean, I just got to do it. I mean, I just think going into Spartan Stadium and Michigan State's going to be motivated, clearly. I, I just, I don't buy it. Now, would I be shocked if State lost out? Right? No. No. There's parity and... But I got to see Minnesota take the next step, as they say, go to the next level. And the next level for them is to win a big game at Michigan State. Yeah, I, th- I think in, in this game, with the way uh, Minnesota wants to run the ball, if if they can run the ball somewhat effectively, then you can, you know, you can throw off of it using play action pass. Will Minnesota's tight end uh, or tight ends plural uh, be a factor in this game? If it starts raining uh, in the game, which is a possibility, is is that going to mess up the offense and make uh, Minnesota go even more conservative? Look, I, here's how I feel about Minnesota. Obviously, I think you know they're a, a, a good quality team. They won nine games a year ago, eleven two before that. Um, they've got a Big Ten roster. PJ Fleck has certainly increased the talent profile of the team. Can he coach in game? I think the jury's kind of split on that so far. But here's where I am. Let's slow down. Like I feel like there's a there's a, a sort of paranoia setting in on the MSU fan base and somewhat the media too because of what Michigan State looked like in Washington last week. But guys, this team doesn't have Michael Penix at quarterback, and also I know Minnesota's three and zero. But let's talk about who: New Mexico State, Western Illinois, and Colorado. A combined zero and nine. Okay, this isn't like they just beat up on Western and uh, and CMU, who are like middle of the road to quality non-power five. Don't look teams. at me; I pick state. <laughs> Brock picked state. You don't have to. Well, we're going to give our predi- we got it. Well, it's one fifty six. We got to give our predictions here in the next minute or two. Well, so, the world won't come to an end if we don't. But we all like state. So let's talk about the number though. It is now at three. MSU getting three at home. If you were a betting man, which we know, Tim, you're state. not. You like that? Yeah, I like state. You like them to win straight up, though, right? I I, I just have to. I, I I'm I'm not sold on Minnesota. Okay. I'm not sold. I wasn't sold on Washington, and look what it did. So, but I'm not sold on Minnesota. Like you just said, New Mexico State, Western whoever, and Colorado. Oh, and nine. Hey. Their AD did a hell of a job scheduling. I'm serious. Like, what? I just still don't know why Michigan State scheduled the Washington game. You could be three and zero right now, getting all the like, college football is big time up uh, style points kind of thing, like figure skating. Oh, you know? hype. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's about appearance. But anyway, um, well, look, let's see how the nation feels. 58% of the bets of the betting public, people have put tickets on this game, they're on Michigan State, and 55% of the money. So there you have it. Uh, let's take a look at a couple of more that haven't already started. How about Ohio State tonight bringing in Wisconsin? Uh, it's only a 19-point spread. Does that surprise you? That, seem light? that seems light to me for Wisconsin, who's having issues, coming into the horseshoe at night. Well, 19? Wisconsin has struggled 19. to score, but Ohio State gave up 21 points to Toledo. So if Wisconsin can match what Toledo had, then Ohio State's got to get 40, but I think they're going to get 40. Well, it's kind of— They're tough to stop. They are. I think Wisconsin's too slow. Just too slow. It's kind of the same as the 20-whatever the Toledo scored. Seems to me a lot like the extra points State put on at the end of the But Washington now watch game. Michigan go cover the 17 half against— You know, the problem is it's the second half. The second half of these games changes off the first half True. in so many different ways. True, which yeah. can help you or hurt you yeah. Yeah. one way or the other. Exactly. All right, we got to get to. Picks, no, hang guys. on, hang on. I wanted to get one more quickly. Number twenty, Florida. Number ten, Tennessee. The Vols are given ten and a half in a series that they've lost sixteen out of seventeen and five straight in. The biggest spread in twenty-five years in this rivalry game. Tennessee will have no trouble. Covering ten and a half, no trouble. Ooh, rivalry yeah, be, game, man. They'll be jacked up at Nayland. Yeah, I'd probably go with no that. No trouble. All right, let's get to our picks now. Brock, why don't you lead us off? Minnesota at Michigan State. You I, don't have to give the point spread. Just no. What you think I got, happens. I got, I got State winning twenty to seventeen. I think it's going to be more defensive than people think. State thirty twenty. Yeah, I'll go State. I'll go State twenty eight twenty four. I think the rain's going to. I think it's going to start raining during the game and then keep the score down. I, got I don't think it'll rain, but I think it's going to rain points and I'll make it thirty to twenty State. It's if not it rains, to, it's not supposed to rain today. If it does, well, I heard Andy Provenzano say last night it could in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, but it's updated. Oh, well, it's sorry. updated I, to just cloudy skies. I don't have that cloudy line skies. In. You don't need that rain slicker right. right now. You might tonight, but weather alert ten or whatever there it's you called. Go. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for everyone for listening for being here. It's the White Law PLOC Tailgate Show live from the Price Right RV Studios. Also brought to you by Blue Moon Belgian White, Shaheen Chevrolet and Cadillac, MSU Healthcare Sports Medicine, Doubting Industries, Shoepan and Sons Recycling Industrial Services, Gravity Smokehouse. MSU Federal Credit Union, Dart Bank Mortgage Joe Sambear, Ameriprise Financial Craig Stiles, DBI We Do Office, High Caliber Carding and Entertainment, The Student Bookstore, The Nuthouse, and Gazelle Wealth Management. Back here next week, 12 to 2 for State at Maryland. Until then, go green. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM, Lansing, and Classic Rock 94.9 WMMQ, East Lansing, Town Square Media Stations.